Welcome to this week's episode of The Modern Good. I'm your host, Busy Gold. Conscious construction starts right now. Everybody, Busy Golden here with another episode of The Modern Good. I have a very special guest today. You are actually somebody that I have personally followed for years, and some of the interviews I've been doing, your name has come up in at least three of them. And I was hoping that maybe by proxy of having some of these people on, I would be able to get to you, and alas, here you are. So <laughs> without further ado, this is Buck Angel. Buck Angel is a self-acceptance and encourager, not just for trans people, but anyone looking to fully embrace the skin that they're in. Um, I will do him his bio complete justice on our show notes because it is exceptionally long. He's a motivational speaker. He really encourages sexual wellness. But overall, I think the big piece I'm wanting to help Buck uncover for you today is what actually generates confidence and how this idea of presenting with confidence is being used by a very corrupt agenda. So, Buck, welcome to the show. It is an absolute honor to have you. Thank you, my friend. I'm super happy to be here and have a conversation. Yeah, this has been, for me, a long time coming. I've been watching, I think, even your journey evolving as you've been speaking up. I, I almost see you as kind of this, like, a you're like a truth keeper. I know a lot of people are, like, kind of in this exposing sort of mentality I every time I get a visual of you it's like you're trying to kind of hold this line of truth and not let people essentially use your identity or your life and try to use it to corrupt a generation so I, I think that's how I've always seen you I love your attitude when you get on all of your lives like dancing like you're just such a positive you're such a positive voice of truth, and I think what it does is it gets your message through so loud and clear. Whenever you speak, it's like a bow shoot, you know, like a bow shooting an arrow where it just pierces through. Do you, in in the movement that we're in right now, do you still get hate? Like, I can't imagine somebody hating on you. It just like almost <laughs> breaks my heart thinking about it. But do you get hate in this sphere? Oh my gosh, friend. <laughs> yeah, I get a lot of hate. And it's kind of strange because the hate comes from, quote unquote, the trans community. So that's even more hurtful on some level. I'm used to the other people giving me hate. But when a group of young trans people start kind of coming at you, it's very bizarre. And it, you know, I'm not, I, I don't take it personally, because I know there's a lot of stuff going on there. And I'm, I'm, I'm so old now that you can't really mess with me. <laughs> so you're saying with age comes maturity, hopefully, yeah. and a little bit more emotional resilience to deal with the mob. You know, uh, if you heard my whole story, which you don't have enough time to hear it, you would understand why I'm this person. I lived on the streets. I was an alcoholic, a drug addict. You know, I transitioned 30 years ago. I'm, And I think a lot of my quote-unquote confidence comes from the fact that I made all these choices and even my bad choices. And from that is definitely I've grown and have maturity. And I can look at this generation of what's happening, not just trans, but what's happening as just a sort of thing that these young people are going through. And, you know, you always attack older people. It's, it, it's just a part of how communities react because they want change and they don't necessarily see me changing with the way they want to make change. 
I think that's a beautiful point. One of the things that I know we briefly talked about before we actually started to record the show is this idea of how you exude confidence and how I will say many other trans spokespeople, I'll call them, they can come off very confident and secure and in some ways, and I, I definitely don't mean this to be obnoxious, but in some ways very performative, right? Like drag, for example, is very performative. It's almost part of how they take on a persona. So it's like, I can be confident in this persona, but am I as a person confident? So I think this kind of sets the stage for a, a deeper question that I have for you. Do you feel that the way the trans agenda right now is, I would say, attacking young people's sense of identity do you think it's pitching them that somehow becoming trans will enhance their confidence gosh thank you for saying that friend and you know it's sad for me because i'm not going to say transitioning saved my life i'm not going to use all of these sort of tropes and things that people are using these days if i didn't do it i would kill myself all of that uh, what i see is that exactly i see a form of indoctrination people need to understand i have a mental disorder called gender dysphoria that i have accepted i got diagnosed it helped me my diagnosis helped me to move forward diagnoses are not a bad thing nor is mental disorder or mental illness it's an actual real thing and once you get a diagnosis let's say you have you know diabetes you get the diagnosis you're like oh <laughs> that's, that's what i was doing <laughs> mm -hmm. exactly and it's like for me my diagnosis is very important because it not only enables me to move forward, it enables me to move forward with you. So you're like, oh, I get it. But today we have this new sort of idea that anyone can be trans and trans will change your life and you'll be amazing in your whole life. And I'm like, what? First off, no, it won't if you don't understand what it means. Secondly, it's just a whole new set of problems and we're not addressing those problems. And thirdly, it's a mental disorder. And that's extremely huge part of what being trans is. And if we're not addressing the mental, right? If we're only addressing the physical, which is what I see today, mm -hmm. we're only addressing the physical aspect of what trans is, which it's not right. They're two things, mental and physical are connected in why we transition. So I see a form of, gosh, this word is getting thrown around these days, but indoctrination. I do mm -hmm. see a form of that. And, you know, we have social media, which took it to a whole other level. Oh, yeah. And I mean, even... I would say a parallel track to this is all the influencers showing up with filler and Botox, right? So everyone looks perfect. So now all these young girls are like, well, I have to aspire to look like that. When they're aspiring to a beauty standard that's not only not natural, you asked me, they're trying to push us to an AI beauty oh, standard, yeah. which, you oh, know, yeah. that we could talk yeah. about that later on in the show, which I think actually, and I don't know your position on this, but I think the trans agenda intersects with that, where they're trying sure. to essentially make us all desire to be this very fluid AI perfection sort of type where we can decide who we want to be, take on these personas. So it's like, great, like your body, that's outdated. We don't need that anymore. You just go plug your consciousness in, right? I mean, I mean we're laughing. Side, we're laughing. No, 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 so no I hear you. <laughs> we're totally connected on, you know, it, that, that's why they can get away with these kinds of stuff. Because when we say it, it looks insane. It looks, nobody would ever in a million years think you would start giving 10-year-old kids medication to trans, nobody, nobody in my community would ever thought or are okay with that. So that in itself is very futuristic and bizarre and weird and has nothing to do with being trans. There's no such thing as a 10-year-old. 
might have some dysphoric feelings or some stuff going on there. But if you're not addressing the mental and you're only going straight to the physical, I'm going to tell you that that's not true. That's just, you're not addressing the actual problem. You're sort of masking the problem by saying, if we fix your body, then your mind will get an alignment. It's, it's the opposite of what I did. I got my mind in alignment and then my body followed. That's a beautiful point. And I think a lot of contrasting examples or analogies people will use where if someone with anorexia went to their therapist and said, I'm fat, I need liposuction. They're like, you know, affirmative care would be like, you're right. You are fat. (laughs) You should go on a diet. Meanwhile, they're emaciated, right? That's that's the example. Another example I gave to some of my students was, you know, I'm 5'1". If I told people I'm six feet tall and my therapist was like, you're right, you're six foot. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go shopping and I'm going to buy these pants. They're totally going to fit me. The therapist That's like, right. you're right. These pants are totally going to fit you. If I go put those pants on and then I go to my therapist and they're too big and they're falling off of me, I'm going to be looking for somebody to blame. You That's told right. me these pants would fit me. You're the bad guy. I'm six feet tall. Right? So it creates this yes. whole loop where you're weaponizing this you know, inability for people to collaborate and co-reconcile reality. It's, it, it puts everyone at odds with each other. It's impossible. And that has to be the ultimate goal they want because there's, so where I come from, transition 30 years ago was a thing. It's a very small, we are a very small uh, uh, part of this world. We still are. Half the people you see who are claiming trans will, are not trans and will grow out of it in a couple of years, right? And they'll mm-hmm. leave the mess for people like myself to have to clean up. It's why I sit talking to people like you because what's happening is not real. Trans, so exactly what you say, new affirmative, why do we have affirmative therapy? First off, those two words don't even fit in the same, it's like pediatrics trans right it's like pediatrics gender pediatrics you're actually talking about little teeny babies are trans i mean we're looking insane i fought for years for trans rights i fought and i made a huge amount of of headway in the world where people were respecting transsexual people and now these people who start saying babies pediatrics and and then affirmative therapy like what that's not therapy that is a infants, com- infants as young as two months old, apparently, in Harvard. Come on. I can't take it. Harvard. <laughs> Harvard. Or academic. So I'm going to say, I, I really believe a lot of the problems we're in is coming from the academic space. And, the, you know, mm-hmm. academia is its own monster, if you ask me on some level. And it, it does, it's very insular. Like, they look down on people who aren't academics as if, you know, and but they do stuff. They have captured people in this sort of ideology of trans that's happening right now. And it's, it is coming a lot from academia. Academia seems to be the linchpin for quite a few things that are going wrong. And I think yes. one of the things that we've been exploring on the show is how academia can put you into cognitive entrenchment, where because you're learning right. in a paradigm that's and you right. keep only evolving in subtle shifts through the paradigm, yep. you are able to be easily manipulated and you can't yes. see your way out of it because you've been programmed, in fact, not to see your way out of it. Oh, so, powerful I mean, statement. Powerful statement. You can see it with the young kids at school, this new young trans activism. Ah! Like they're so insane. They want to beat you. They actually are physical and, mm-hmm. and they're not being taught critical thinking. They're being taught one way or the highway. Well, and that what is would dangerous. critical, what would critical thinking do if they were taught critical thinking, what would happen to them? Right. What would happen? They wouldn't they... be able to do what they do. Like someone, right. you know, whoever's weaponizing, right. I have some theories, right? Mm-hmm. Whoever's weaponizing this on us, 
they can't teach them how to think critically because they would eventually That's poke right. holes in their own bullshit. That's right. Frankly, That's right? Exactly right. Yes. You can't. You can't do that. You've got to only teach people indoctrinated thought with that cognitive entrenchment so that they keep functioning only in your system of language. Uh, an That's example right. of this. And this is a person that used to work for me, and I adored him, still do, even though you called me a white supremacist surrounded by your non-binary stuffies on Instagram one day. God. I still love this person. I, man, it's such a toughie. So I'll, I'll say it like this. This person ended up on um, libs of TikTok, whatever that one is that tends to find, yeah. you know, I would say yeah. the trans activists and find yeah. a way to mock them. And right. I'm not the type, I would never want to mock somebody. I don't think this is funny. Yeah. I do think that as this person was talking about the issue, the reason it got put on libs of TikTok is what it shows is what has been created in this trans activism is a system of language. So he's very intelligent and very articulate. You can use that intelligence to navigate your way around a system so it sounds real and sounds intelligent. That doesn't actually make it so. Gotcha. It doesn't make it true just because you can wordsmith your way through it. So one of the places that I wanted to go, and you touched on it when you were sharing a bit about what made you who you are in your story, from living on the streets and going through all of the different hardships you went through, arguably those experiences build emotional resilience and then boom, guess what, you're confident. What about the way we are kind of walking teens into this trap right now either prevents or blocks them from ever having those experiences? Like, what, like oh could God. they ever actually build confidence the way we're doing no. it right now? No, are you kidding me? These kids are going to be so lost. They're going to be so – we are actually building a, a sort of um, 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 uh, era uh, for these kids, this particular generation of kids, that we are going to have to do so much work with them. They are going to be mentally ill, first off. Secondly, probably even healthy, unhealthy uh, physically. They're, they're, they're going to be coming to us not being able to participate in society because they can't even participate now. Right. They, they're not they're not being taught how to walk the world. They're being taught how to not walk the world. And what I mean by that mm, is like every that. day they push back on the world. You called me a misgendered name. You're not respecting trans rights or human rights. They don't even know what they're saying. They're literally just saying I'm like, really want me to tell you how many rights we have? Go live 30 years ago. I tell you right now, we've never had the rights we've had that we've had today, ever. And you have insurance paying for your stuff. You, I could go on and on and on. You, they sound like entitled little brats. That's what I think. So that being said, they're, be, they're not being given tools to live, right? They're not being given tools to live as an individual. They are being given tools to live in a group, which is very cult-like. Do you think that the way the trans identity is being pushed makes it possible to have individuality or are they only pitching kind of a groupthink ideology? They're only pitching groupthink. It's obvious. You, you and I both know that. I can tell you I have a list of words that I created where they always say the same words over and over and over. That's all they know. How to come at people. Turf, transphobe, bigot, you know, grifter. Someone called me a grifter. I'm like, 30 years of, that's a long grift, my friend. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's Fair so... Long. Very long. So it's it's this negative. They're teaching them to not think outside the box or to live individually. They're thinking them to only be with their trans people, that they can only ever be with trans people, that they won't be able to walk the world because everyone will hate them. That's what they're being taught. 
So this brings up a parallel, right? I feel like the racism thing is a parallel as well. It's like you program t people right. to believe this is how it is. That's so right. it forces you to act as if that is the only truth. And an example that I once gave a friend where we were having, let's say, we call them our fireside chats. It got pretty heated. Somebody tried to throw the other person in the fire. But at, at some point, it was productive. We were giving this example of... If you were a black person and you knew that your whole community was living life on the edge of a cliff, if every single time your child is like walking back and forth, you were like, there's an edge right there, there's an edge right there, don't fall off the edge, is that kid going to be relaxed on the edge or are they actually going to be shaking and nervous and more likely to make a mistake on the edge, right? That's right. So I feel like ideally what you want to do with any community where yes there's been that tension where you could fall off the edge somebody could push you off the edge right that there's that like tense experience of either historical division or lack of belief alignment right. having your community learn how to move away from the edge slowly is not going to happen by making people fear the edge That's it's right. going to be by way of showing people that edge has no value for you as a person that it, it, thinking about that edge does not make your life any better. Let's live life here in an empowered way until eventually that edge becomes irrelevant. I feel like that analogy for trans people is one. I feel like that's basically what people like you who are a pioneer, that's what you had to do. You had to be like, I'm not going to be afraid of that anymore. That's right. That's exactly. I'm so lucky that I transitioned. First off, I transitioned at 30. Secondly, I transitioned on my own free will. Third, it wasn't even a thing back in the day. So I was literally a guinea pig. But all of those things say something to the world. They say Buck really needed to do this in order to move forward in the world. And I did. I proved it. I proved it to everyone. All I needed was my medication and all I needed was to be able to look male. I know exactly that I'm a biological female. It's the reason I'm a transsexual. I am, I've always been honest about who and what I am. And that's made me move away from the edge. Because before I was scared to tell people, oh, I'm really a, a woman who wants to be a man and then people are like what so you know you're scared but then when you realize well it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what people think about you that's the bad stuff these kids are being taught that it does matter what people think about mm, you no it that. does not what matters is what you think about yourself because if you think you're a badass <laughs> and not that i think i'm a badass but you know what i mean you can you're walk badass. the <laughs> you can walk the world that way. And that's what I am trying to teach people, not trans people, not is teach people, look, you don't have to please anybody. You owe nobody anything. You only owe yourself to live happy, whatever that means for you. And so we're not teaching trans kids that. We're teaching trans youth that everybody hates you and that someday you are going to fall off that cliff and someday you are going to kill yourself and someday you're just never ever going to be accepted as and that's just i prove them wrong i prove them wrong every single day and and so this is why we're in the mess we're in because i don't believe these kids are actually trans i think they're being talked into this for other reasons so that's a great point for us to go to how when you look at your experience does your pathway or trajectory differ kind of line item by line item to what many of these kids are now experiencing? What would be the, the very clear distinctions that are easily identifiable? Great. Great. Well, first off, I have a diagnosis from an actual doctor that says I have gender dysphoria. I went to two years of therapy. There was a system in place back in the day that the kids like to call gatekeeping, which I call safekeeping. So there's that, mm. number one. I have an actual diagnosis of gender dysphoria. So today, Guess what? 
You don't need a diagnosis of gender for gender dysphoria. Excuse me. Well, and they're trying to change the diagnosis anyway. So it's that's like right. It they're even, literally yeah. saying everyone, anyone knows they're trans. I'm like, oh my gosh, that is so dangerous. And I knew it. So as soon as they took it out of the DSM five, right, and it's no longer a mental disorder, and yep. anyone, everyone knows who they are. I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> that's why we've had therapy forever. People do not know who they are, even adults. Touché. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, wow, that's actually scary. And I saw it coming. The self-ID law was the most dangerous. That's why we're in the position we're in today. And so uh, what I see the difference is I'm a transsexual, and I say this all the time. There is a difference between a transsexual person and a, the new trans, trans ideology, right? So trans is now, transgender is now an umbrella term that encompasses 80 billion different identities. and. Those people choose. Remember that. They're choosing to be trans. They're choosing to be non-binary. They want to be that way. I do not want this, okay? I have been diagnosed. It's something I had to deal with. I moved forward in my life. That's a very big distinction there. Today, the kids don't get diagnosed. They just say, I'm trans because it's how I feel or how I want to be. Trans isn't a feeling. <laughs> trans is not, I, I, I don't feel trans. I feel like a man, whatever that means, right? <laughs> we can go deeper and deeper into that space. Mm-hmm. So that's why I distance myself on some level from this new idea of what trans is to say, hey, wait a minute here. I have a mental disorder and I need my medicine and you kids are going to take my medicine away from me because you're going to make it so the world says, well, if you can just choose it, then it must not be. Mm, that's pretty powerful. When it comes to it, it's it's incredibly sad. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not in your shoes, but I could imagine there might be elements that almost feel like spitting in the face of all of the activism you've done for people right. that actually have gender dysphoria. That's right. Do you have amassed a pretty big network of people who I guess would be more that like old school, true gender dysphoria type? Yeah. And in your experience, is it relatively shared that what's happening right now does not in fact mirror what has happened in previous generations? 100%. And so what I did is I started seeing this five or so years ago. I was like, oh gosh, this is going to turn it. I never thought it would be where we are today. Honestly, I didn't. But that Mm -hmm. being said, so I started reclaiming the word transsexual. I used to call Mm -hmm. myself trans or transgender or whatever, right? Because it was just that. It just sort of morphed into transgender and I was cool with it, whatever. And it's not that I walk around calling myself trans. It's never been the case. But but my disorder is transgender. So Mm -hmm. then I realized transgender got hijacked and became this sort of weird space. So I'm like, okay, I'm a transsexual because that's a medical Transsexual has always been sort of a medical um, term. So I realized I'm a medicalized person. And so I reclaimed trans and I started to put it transsexual. I started to put it out there to the to the community. And I said, look, people out there who don't feel like they like that, let's start reclaiming transsexual. Wow, how powerful was that? So many people. To today, so many people are claiming transsexual. So they distance but we're still looked at in a way that says, well, these people need this. They're not part of that. So I, I, I figured out how to sort of remove myself from that and then find all the older people like myself. And even, okay. you know, I've started to get younger people on board with me, younger guys who are saying, I'm not like that. I have a disorder and I just want to be a man. I don't want to be a trans person. We just want to be men and women. That's all we want. We don't we're not asking for anything else at so all. So you not... bring up something that I've seen flung around. I don't. I wonder if this has ever happened to you. Yeah. Well, yeah. your voice doesn't matter because you're a cis passing <laughs> trans man. Where I'm like, whoa, 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 back it up. 
come come again. Because Buck actually truly looks and presents as a man, suddenly your trans voice no longer matters. Have you Can you imagine? This? Can you imagine? You're, you're you're too good at being a man. Oh my god. You don't, you don't like, get first, to speak for trans people. First off, it's a compliment. Thank you so much. Secondly, it was what I aspired to do. And that's all you need to know. Right there. Can you imagine people saying that to me after I first off fought for years to get rights changed? And I didn't do it to be praised. That's never been my space. I don't I don't need validation from anybody. I told you mm -hmm. that earlier. I, I validate yeah. myself. But that being said, to have a whole community of people say what I'm doing is not trans is so hilarious. And it doesn't make me mad. It makes me laugh at how ridiculous these people are. But they're, you know, I always say this. You cannot build your house on a false, weak foundation. It will mm -hmm, crash. Mm -hmm. I don't care mm -hmm. how long it might stand. It, my house is not built on a fa false foundation. It's why I'm so strong and I'm a brick I'm a brick building. And these kids are building it on a wobbly, false space and it's just going to tumble. It's, they're scared of me because what I say is true and they know it. And it would seem that much of what's taking place today is actually chasing validation. So right. you you were trying That's to make right. your outsides match your inside. It seems like what a lot of kids are experiencing, and believe me, if you're a teen that's listening to this, yeah. I'm not saying that you are consciously aware of this because right. you unfortunately have been subject to building blocks of desensitization and normalization where this would feel right. potentially real for you. Yeah. Think of Buck as like the you know future person saying like, just take a beat, think about your options, build some emotional right. resilience. And I think this right. goes to this place of you know, people will hear some of the subjects I talk about and, and guests that I've brought on and will take that position, you're anti-trans. I'm not in any way anti-trans. I want to make sure that people have a moment in time to see what they can work through. That's and I right. think this kind of, it comes back to what you were saying about how you really built yourself up and why you were on a brick, unmovable foundation. What That's would right. be the words of encouragement you give, give to kids that are either confused or... Mm -hmm are aware that they're kind of being swept up in agenda, but it feels real to them. What are some steps they can take alternatively to just reaching for drugs to start to actually yeah. truly explore who they are? Well, first off, my gosh, you kids have so much opportunity, number one. Number two, stop relying on your friends and stop relying on groups. You must learn to love you and know who you are. You, you oh, kiddos, you don't owe anybody anything. You know, I've amassed a larger group of young people starting to hear me, which is incredible mm -hmm. for me. It's all I ever, you know, the older people, they're, they're set in their ways or whatever. I, these young kids, I, I, I do feel like Trampa. You know, they call me Trampa. I do mm -hmm. feel like that. I feel like I'm that hard-edged Trampa, though. I'm the one who used... Who who sat you down with his finger and said, hold up here, you know, by the company you keep, you will be judged. And and I feel like that, like you, there's nobody doing that to these young people. And so I don't care if they hate me or whatever, they will see in the long run that Buck did care. And so all mm -hmm. I can say to these kids is stop being in groups. Start mm -hmm. to be an, an individual. You you might 100% be a trans person. That's a, a great. But know that it's not your own 100% your identity. It's a means and a way to become happy. And when all I see is these young kids so angry and mad, I'm like, you're doing something wrong. Because the minute I put that testosterone in my body, I, was, I have been the happiest person ever. Because I knew I was on my way. So that's why I have this disconnect that I don't understand. Most people who are getting the opportunity to transition are not grateful for it. You, you've lost your gratitude for the fact that you get to do well, something. Well, it's entitlement. It's total entitlement. And I'm like, you've got to get away from these. Nobody owes you anything. 
I don't know why they think that everybody owes them. Nobody owes you a thing ever do they owe you. You owe yourself. I think some of that's generational, though, and I, I explore that a lot on this show where you look back at some of the older generations, I think a lot yeah, more of us yeah. as a collective had abandonment wounds or we just really didn't trust anybody else, so yeah, we're more yeah, likely to totally. be self-reliant and figure it out. Today's generation, they're much more rejection-based, where they are seeking that sort of external feedback validation, and they don't really know who they are. So I think it's just, it's an easy target group, which kind of goes back to, was this all planned? Probably. It was. There's no doubt about it. You remember power in numbers. People think that's an actual power in numbers. So all I see is a masking as many young people as you can get on board because young people aren't scared. They're the ones out there screaming, trans rights are, you're a turf. We're going to kill you. Kill turfs. I'm like, and that's doing us good? (laughs) You're literally saying kill women. (laughs) Wait a minute. You want to be a woman, but you're literally telling people to kill. That's the hypocrisy of the whole movement. It's okay, so you just you just put the target right where I wanted to go, which is so important. So I we kind of briefly talked right before we had the cutout and you had to come back where I was talking yeah. about this former employee that was able to very intelligently articulate his way around a system of language, but just because you know how to navigate within the system doesn't actually make that system itself true. So basically the trans movement has said like, this word confirms this word, confirms this word, right? So you can describe it in a way that sounds intellectual, that doesn't actually make it based in reality. So there's that piece on the side. Now we've got this other piece, which is, Simultaneously, we've had kind of this uprising of the trans agenda. We've also had, I would say, over, I'm sure, many of the same years that you've been pushing for the rights of the transsexual community. People have also been pushing for equal women's rights, right? right. And up until a few years ago, that was something you were allowed to say. Lately, we're not even allowed to talk about that anymore. So using this kind of systems of language, it's like this false complete lie of a language system is now front and center it's now making it impossible to properly like usher or protect women's rights did you ever see this coming and where do you think this is going to go next like where does this nonsense end first off i just want to tell you it makes me angry beyond belief okay i was i lived as a female okay i'm a biological female i lived as a woman for 30 years of my life okay so I'm like this guy who's lived half my life as a woman and half my life as a man. That's pretty profound if you think about it. It's really mm-hmm. a gift. It's a gift that I will not never take for granted. So that being said, I fought for women's rights as a woman, okay? And we made a lot of headway back in the day. I was a very butch gay woman and we really So I so today when I see a movement that is reflective of not only me and as a transsexual man, but in my community, going against everything I fought for and that on some level biologically I am, I cannot be a part of that. That has nothing to do with being trans, zero to do with trans. It is an, it is an actual misogynist movement. And I'm going to say it again. It's a misogynist movement. People tend to forget trans women aren't women. How dare you say that? Trans women are trans women. These are Mm -hmm. biologic. Now, everyone who's freaking out listening to this, go ahead. I'm saying it because it's true. And I'm not, I'm so tired of people acting as if saying this is doing something to, to trans women. What about women? 
Okay, what about women? How did we just going to override everything a woman's done, what they've, what they've accomplished, and what they are saying for a group of people who are tiny, right, but are also biological males coming in to swoop over women's rights? Because it is. It's a patriarchal, misogynist movement, and it has nothing to do with being trans. And I also know this because I have lots of trans women friends who hate it. They know they're trans women. They, they It's... Just, it's not even something we should ever even be talking about. So today I'm very angry about it. And, you know, I hate to say this, but because I'm not that kind of guy that just sides with something, right? But I guess it's the only way to sort of get it across. I do side with women's rights. Because if, it, if, if we don't do that, we are going to get taken out by a group of men who are transitioning to be women, which is fine and awesome, to take away the rights of the people they want to be. It makes no sense. <laughs> I completely agree. I guess, you know, ultimately, it's kind of ironic, and it, I guess it's kind of crude. But, you know, on one hand, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the women, up until it wasn't cool anymore, kind of like yeah. the Believe All Women Me Too, right? Where it was like very, yeah, right. we had this like burst right. of like the pussy hats and the, the yeah, like, right. you know, the women that, right? We had that burst right before we yeah. turned into whatever we're doing right now. <laughs> Usually there's like a crescendo before like someone's just like, no, no, it's not your turn anymore. Oh my God. Um, so I feel like we did kind of toggle from pussy hats to, you know, women aren't real and, oh and you can just decide your gender. So Ugh. I feel like in this place that we are now, we are, I feel like staring down the barrel of a loaded gun as yeah. a society. And yeah. so many of these people that were wearing the pussy hats and, yeah. and vying for women's rights, yeah. what in your experience, either from being inside observing or now observing from the outside, how did this group somehow get transitioned into now somehow going completely antithetical to where they were two years ago? Like, how did they get shifted in a way that now they're under some spell? And it's like, actually, no, that's anti-trans. <laughs> yeah, actually, that. never mind the pussy hat. <laughs> yeah, gonna, like, yeah. Now, now it's got to be an LGBTQ flag hat. Yeah, thing. oh, God, don't get me started on the flag. It's totally a piece of whatever. That's garbage. But, but yeah, I, I, oh, my gosh, my friend. It's actually really like a like a horror sci-fi movie it really is because you're right they got captured now the reason i think these people got captured is this everyone wants to help everyone wants to be part of a great new movement everyone wants to champion for human rights of course i think that's the great part of humans they they see things that are amiss right racism and everyone mm -hmm. wants to help fix that problem which is totally awesome but here's the problem what's happening with the trans situation is that these people are being told a lie and so because these trans activists got ahead of all of us, they did. They got ahead of all of us. They have, a, they have basically, they're there and we're here, right? So they're ahead of us in the race. And so they got to tell all these people the, the lies and the deceit before we got to actually intercept this situation. So I really believe mm -hmm. a lot of people have been brainwashed to believe on some level that if you don't go along with trans women or women, you're a transphobe. You see how smart they are? I, oh, we yeah, have to give smart. them. We have to give them that. They are... Who's ever? Because there are very specific people who are in charge of this trans woman movement. Just it so would you know. seem like there would have to be. Have you actually done some of the digging to see who's yep. ultimately behind this? I sure have. Um, and so uh, there's like very, very there's like six or so very prominent transgender women who are not necessarily out in the public eye, 
but more behind the scenes. They're billionaires. They're actual billionaires. And um, you got billions of dollars. You can fund organizations. You can fund. People love money. And so mm-hmm. you can literally, tr- you can change everything with money. You, you and I, I think, both know that. So these people have a lot of money, and they already got into these institutions. They right, already- so you do think that academia is one of the first places that they penetrated to get ahead of it, right? 100%. And I know that because I was speaking at these universities years ago. Now, now not one university will have me speak again, right? Because I'm the well, because you don't fit the turf. narrative. That's right. And I'm like, well, Can why you, you tell bring me, me anyway? What does turf mean? I don't know. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not up with the lingo. No, it's hilarious. It's actually hilarious. It means trans exclusion, trans exclusionary radical feminist. So put your head around that. That's what J.K. Rawlings gets called, right? Rawlings. I mean, is that a bad thing? I don't know. I know. That's exactly right. So everyone's. Yeah, yeah, we're like, yeah, like, you know what? No, you don't get to go in women's spaces. No, you get to figure it out. If you pass like me, nobody Mm -hmm. says a word about me going into the men's room. They never have. They never will. If you pass, if you look like you, right, like a woman and you go and you're a trans woman and you go into the no one's going to say a word to you. Nobody. We've been doing this forever. We've been using the restrooms forever. It's the new ones that don't want it. Right. Because remember what you said. don't want it. They don't want to actually conform to a standard. Yeah, that's right. Right. That goes back to that. Like, oh, well, you're you're a cis passing trans. That's right. right. Where it's like and, somehow that's a diss. Like you've done it correctly <laughs> and that's a diss. No, it's so lazy. I'm like, wow, really? That's the whole point of transitioning. And I and I wrote it on a tweet once. I was like, the whole point of transition is to actually look like a man or a woman. I don't know what you people are doing, but that's what transitioning is. That's why I've never had a problem walking the world and neither just trans women who look like women and make the effort to do it. Do you they think that that's still something that this generation is being... I mean, I think, let me go back to this. I realized yeah. for you, you didn't have to be taught anything. That's kind of the whole point. This right. was naturally, like for you, it was chemically right. naturally occurring. You didn't have to have the ideas implanted. They were naturally occurring, right? They came from within. Yep. Right. What's happening now is these ideas are being implanted. So it's it's fitting in like puzzle pieces. Oh my God. Have you found that now the puzzle pieces that they're putting in, are they in fact trying to get people not necessarily to actually appear fully the other gender? And if not, what's that end goal about? Well, that's a great question. So I think there's gonna be two ideas I have on that. One being, remember what I think we started earlier with gender stereotypes or gender yep. non-conforming, which is what mm-hmm. all these kids are. So let's look at kids, uh, let's look at under 18. There's a young, bunch of young trans kids or young people who are gender non-conforming, right? Mm-hmm. There are girls who wanna wear pants or boys who wanna paint their fingernails. We, we got to a point already in the world where everybody's chill with that. But now all of a sudden, if your child is not right gender stereotyped they must be trans so mm-hmm. to me so on part of your question i'm like but they want to on some level erase something they want to erase queer kids they want to erase gay kids they want to erase on some level um um gender non non-conforming kids que- right does that make sense so they yeah they're wanna... trying to almost like homogenize the group in the middle that's right all very, yeah that's right, which to me is very anti-LGBTQ on some level. It's very, because the whole point of LGBT is you find your space. And, you know, some of these kids could be totally gay, that they're transitioning because they want to, you know, what if it's an effeminate man? All of a sudden he's a woman? No, he's not. He's just has different ways of being instead of celebrating that or shoving him into the trans space so then that being said then we have 
the newer generation of trans people who don't want to pass, who don't necessarily want to be like me. That's why I told you they're not like me. They're coming to this wanting it. Remember what I said? They mm -hmm. want to be trans. It's like they, there's a seeking. Mm -hmm. And they identify as trans. I never identified as trans. It's my mm -hmm. identity, right? It's like this is trans is my is my disorder, but it's not like I ran around the world saying, hey, I'm a transsexual, transsexual. I never did I do that. I was like, I'm a dude who used to be a woman kind of situation. So I think what they're trying to do is they, they're living in a different space. They, they, they want to be part of something, right? Remember goth, punk, all of it. They want to oh, be yeah. part. That's why they don't and transition really, like me. People really don't like to hear that. I did an episode where I was talking about how very much this is essentially, it's a new sort of group think identity, it right? Is. Which in my generation, like I was the kid wearing UFO pants and going to raves and that was weird That's in right. my community. That's um, right. Unfortunately, what's happened is it's, it's that sort of gender, I guess gender ideology, even like fashion expression or how you're doing your hair, like all of that's gotten pulled into a bigger piece of trans agenda, which to me, like it just feels like if I were in your position, that would minimize it so much that it would that's be right. upsetting. It is upsetting. And I see all these kids running around with, you know, rainbow, I mean, you know, trans, everything on their lips, on their bed, their buttons, their thing. They're, it, they're so vested in their trans identity that it's going to explode on them and they're going to be left with nothing because trans identity is not real. It's just part of a community thought process that says you are this, but you're really not. You know, is that that makes sense? You're really not oh, yeah. this. You're something Well, because else. ultimately what you just described about the therapy you went through was helping you understand like, okay, here's here's like the reality line, right? Here's just like yeah. three the reality of three dimensional earth plane. Yeah. Here's you, here's this, like these are the things we can do to make this line more comfortable, but yeah. ultimately here's the line. Now we're living in a world where they're just trying to convince a totally new generation that even talking about the lines of truth or reality is somehow transphobic or yes. anti, you know, yes. anti humanitarian. Yes. That to me is where we have to set off all of the alarms and red flags. And it's why I keep coming back to the book, The Giver. I don't know if you ever read The Giver. Oh, Did you ever yeah. read it? No, but I'm going to read it. Thank you. You got to read it. The movie's yeah. super eerie, scary too. And of course, Meryl Streep plays the like female president her. figure. How come I she never saw very... it? It's also called The Giver? The it's movie? called The Giver. Yeah, you can, oh, you okay. can watch the movie instead. Um, but in essence, it's this future society that on its face looks very peaceful and utopian, but ultimately what you see is that they've manipulated language and humanity and they don't realize that they're prisoners, but because they've been, their language has been stripped away from them. And one of the things that they're taught to provide to each other is the feedback precise language. If you use a word that is outside of their limited scope, people will say precise language, precise language. Because if we have language that oh. kind of pokes holes in people's belief system and understanding, it actually is the biggest weapon. It's the biggest threat. That's so right. I think that's, that's where right. really we get to this place where it's like, people think that we're trying to be like expressive and expansive when the reality is that I believe what you and many others in the true LGBTQ group were trying to do before is yes. actually help people be able to truly express their individuality. What's That's happening right. now, I don't believe nurtures individuality at all. In fact, no. 
you know, now individuality is potentially a, a harm or a risk or a weapon That's that right. pokes a hole in their system. Do you agree? That's right. No, it's a threat. I'm a threat. I'm an actual threat. You are which a threat. Is why is why I'm so powerful. They're so, you know, I'm smarter than that. Keep hitting me. Keep punching me. Keep kicking me in my balls. I don't really care. I'm showing the world. <laughs> I'm showing the world and the world sees it. You are not more powerful than me. And I'll tell you what, it says everything about their system, right? That whenever I use anything or say anything that goes against them, I'm a transphobe. How can I be transphobic? That is I, actually- I do not know. I don't think it's, I think it, if we're talking in actual reality, I don't think it's possible. <laughs> it's not. If we're That's talking in whatever Self. Yeah, that means I hate myself. So this, I, might, this might be a good question to express to people, obviously, that that is, of course, completely untrue. And I can see where people, I always look for, okay, where could somebody take this, this piece of the story and use it to try to confirm their perspective? So I would rather be the one to ask the hard question because I, I feel like, you know, I, I'd I know that whatever your answer is, is going to be pretty profound and meaningful. So clearly somebody that is standing in opposition to you would say, well, transitioning helped you and you don't regret it. And there are parts of it that made you feel like now my insides match my outsides. Right. Why would you want to take this away from XYZ group? Right. What, what is your answer to that? Because I could see where they right. would see like, well, why are you hating yourself? Like it clearly yeah. did something just for you. That's what are the reasons that you are opposed to it for younger, these younger, right. broader swaths of the community? Right. Great. It's a great question. And I get it all the time. I get people attacking me. Oh, great. You did it. Now you're pulling up. They say, yeah, I'm pulling up the ladder. Right. And mm -hmm. I say, oh, I'm not pulling up anything, friend. I'm putting the ladder to the side. Big mm -hmm. difference than pulling it up. I'm not pulling it up. What I'm saying is, and I will always say this, I don't care what adults do. I'm sorry that you made the wrong turn, but you are, it's on you, friend, because we have Google. So don't mm -hmm. you dare. And we have gender clinics galore. <laughs> so if you're an adult making a mistake, I, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to be anywhere near that. That being said, mm -hmm. my voice is here for the kids because I believe that the kids don't have a lot of people like me rooting for them on this level that says leave them alone. And also as a parent, I have a 10-year-old son. As a parent, I see things that maybe other people in the community don't see because they're not parents. So mm -hmm. I care about these kids having exactly I want everyone to have exactly what I have, which is an amazing transition. But you will not have that amazing transition if you do not understand what you are getting yourself into. And a 10-year-old does not know what they are getting themselves into. Argue, how, give me whatever you're going to give me right back, but I'll continue to tell you, there is no way a 10-year-old can make a life-changing And to put that onto parents is sick. They are blackmailing parents. They are pushing parents into a corner. They are telling parents nonsense that their child will kill themselves. No, you know what your child will do? Be mad at you. That's what your child Which will do. Which is going to happen as a teen anyways. My God, if I don't buy him Legos, he gets pissed. I'm like, go clean the yard and then we'll talk about the Legos, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I don't care that people think of that to me. I told, right, I've, in the long run, I'm not pulling up any ladder, friend. I'm putting the ladder to the side where we figure this out because we have what's called detransitioners. Mm -hmm. And I will always go back to the detransitioners. They are gold, not only for me, but for our community because now they're showing we're doing something drastically wrong here. 
And for us to be so mean and so ugly, I mean, those people can make me cry. I have a ton of detransition friends. They should have never transitioned. They should have never been in that space. They don't in any way, shape, or form affect my transition. In fact, they actually make my transition even more powerful on some level because you can see the people who actually need it and then these kids who are being lied to and put into a space they should have never been put into. It's gross. And detransitioners' voices are also very much being stifled and blocked oh out right now. Doesn't because again, you... they, they don't That's fit right. the narrative. They, they right. potentially throw a dart in the system of language. Now, in this scenario where you keep saying, like, I'm not trying to pull out the ladder, it, to me, it sounds like what you're trying to do is say, hey, before you get on this ladder, you have a lot more work to do. That's right. What What are some of the pieces of work that you went through? And then I mm-hmm. I, I want to highlight that to me, and I think we're on the same page, page here, we're talking about two different groups. We're talking about people that truly have gender dysphoria. That's right. I think, I believe you're saying that they too have work to do before they get on this ladder. That's Agree? right. Right, like Agree. they don't just, just because they truly have it doesn't mean that for them it's a pass, right? That's they right. still have work to do to be able to actually make this transition hold yeah. and not destabilize their sense That's of right. self. That's now, right. Now on this side, we have people that arguably do not actually have gender dysphoria. I know now they're trying to call it rapid onset gender dysphoria, (laughs) which is a made up word that basically means it's a social priming event and kids are now latching onto this as an identity. That's right. What are, because I believe from what you're describing, some of these steps of safeguard before you get on the ladder arguably would show some of these kids like, hey, this isn't for you. What are some of these steps and what as a society should we be putting more stock into before people get on the ladder? Well, number one, mental health. I'm a huge advocate. Mental health saved my life, not the transition, mental health. Mm -hmm. Mental health is what got me solid and not feeling sad for myself and not knowing what's wrong with me and talking to a professional who could lead me down this path. But every day putting something in front of my face, every day putting an obstacle. Well, what do you mean by a man? What does that mean? I have to think. What does that mean? I have no idea what it means to be a man. So not not affirming, but actually intentionally standing in your path and make you That's in some right. way re- reason through and yes. think critically about your answer. If correct? anyone understands therapy, that's what therapy is. You go to therapy well, to have your therapist on some level push back. It's what therapy was. It's what therapy was. Well, my ther- I have an amazing therapist who's you also- You have an amazing therapist. And I think, I believe you've talked to the truthful therapist. We had her on the show and- Love her, love her. Love she's her. amazing. I yeah. do believe that it goes back to the same issue of academia. That's right. That sector, unfortunately, is pretty captured at this point because oh, totally. they now are pulled into this agenda where- they, I mean, I've even seen this in programs that I work with on, on the periphery. They're losing the ability to take insurance if they don't affirm, right? That's there are right. all these things that are now That's roadblocks right. in the way. So obviously we know the bigger system is, is really doing everything it can to right. kind of drive this whole group through the eye of a needle. That's right. I believe that we have to be mindful about any time, like, yes, you found an amazing therapist, and I do believe that there are plenty of people out there that are great. And I actually, I work in that sort of space on the periphery with break method, and I do have clients that are trans that actually, a few in particular, came to me because of the work we do in this. And they're like, listen, I want to talk to somebody about the etiology of some of my issues that isn't just going to affirm every single thing that I say. Like, I'm, I have, I have clients now who have already transitioned. They're they're married, they have kids, they are com- right. They are who they are. That's not going to change. Yeah. 
but they still are wanting to dig back in and see what actually set this in motion. I don't want somebody that's just going to like wave their hands and be like, you've always been this way. You're (laughs) always going to be this way. That's right. So I I think there, I, I guess my hope is that more mental health practitioners will step into the space and not be so afraid. And I do realize that it is a fear inducing place because you risk getting canceled. You risk being able to um, take insurance anymore, et cetera. So yes, on the side here, we've got find an amazing mental health practitioner and just right. be mindful that you're not going to somebody that's captured. What yeah. are some other things that maybe society is not making readily available that we would like to usher in as those steps that help somebody make sure that they want to get on the ladder? Well, time is everything, right? If you're going to cook, make, bake a cake or something, you take your time and you put lo- and the cake comes out amazing. But if you're like mm-hmm. shoving everything in it and you're in a fast hurry to get that cake, pretty much you're going to burn your cake. So I'm all about slow and steady wins the race. And I believe that it's hard. I'm not going to deny that to anybody. It is hard to wait for anything. We all want our top surgery. We all want to look like dudes. We all want to grow our mustaches. We all want to just have it done so we can move forward. But I'll tell you what, it doesn't work that way. you got to slow down. So that's why I believe therapy. So when I transitioned and I, you know, I don't want it to sound like when I did it, this is the only way to do it. That's not true. I do think there's back in my day, <laughs> back in my day when we did it. <laughs> but, but that being said, it, it, it clearly it worked for me because I've never looked back. Right. So, so mm-hmm. on some level it does work. And so I had to live as Buck for two years. I had to sort of dip my toe into the world as a man and see before I did any of this and, you know, got misgendered out my ass on a daily basis. But you got to pile, you know, through it. And on some level, it gives you a thicker skin to know that the world isn't going to accept you always as a trans person. This idea, I think that we're giving young people today is that once you transition everyone will be okay with you but that's not true they won't they will never be okay with they'll you. be they'll potentially be afraid of you because you pose a risk to them getting canceled so they might comply but yep. it's almost like yep. then yep. if i were in that position i'd almost well and of course i would wonder but then this would be yep. thinking critically is this person just <laughs> being nice to me because they're afraid of me, which is that actually self-acceptance? Like, I'd rather know exactly how somebody feels about me. If I freak you out, then I freak you out. Cool. That's right. We're not giving it the feels kids like a the big tools. manipulation. It is a big manipulation, and it's all you lie. They are lying to these kids. They are lying to them when they only have to go to a fifteen minute. And I'm not kidding. I've interviewed a lot of these young people. Fifteen minute intake at Planned Parenthood, and they go leave with a prescription of testosterone, and then they tell them to go to YouTube to learn how to inject the testosterone. We are in big trouble. Testosterone is a scheduled controlled substance. It's an actual controlled substance. It's not something that should be taken lightly look at what it's done to my body irreversible stuff i mean this idea that a a 16 year old a 16 year old can go to planned parenthood and get testosterone in 15 minutes is what the world needs to see every other country across the world has stopped doing this we're the only country that is now literally raising this as fast as we can and moving forward as fast as we can I mean, I've always felt that it was strange that obviously you can't buy cigarettes until you're 18, you can't buy alcohol until you're 21, you can't fight in a war until you're 18, and then somehow this decision, we're like, but this one's okay. 
This one's okay. Just let don't, them shove. Don't ask, don't ask questions. Otherwise, yeah. you're transphobic. Yeah, they, they know what they're doing. Since when do 16-year-olds even know what they're doing? Come on, people. So, so yeah, I know I sound transphobic, whatever that even means. What I, what I am trying to um, get across here is that transition is a lifetime of medical need. It's a lifetime of brain, having to adjust your brain to fit to the world, having to understand not everyone is going to be okay with you. You'll get called names. You'll get, you know, it's not going to be what you are being told because you live in your bubble of transness, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're just choosing it without getting a diagnosis, you have to realize what you're doing to the people who actually have gender dysphoria. And you have to realize you're taking up space that could actually be used for a person who actually has gender dysphoria. So that's why I get sort of upset about this, you know, sort of pushing kids through, they get chest surgery, they're on hormones, and two years later they're like, whoops, I made a mistake. Well, you just took surgery away from an actual person who could have gotten that surgery because now we have five you know, year waiting list for kids mm -hmm. to get top surgery. And now they're changing their mind after two years. That's why it's dangerous, you know, to let kids get surgery, let alone take hormones. And then they're not even diagnosed with something is absurd. It's definitely absurd. And I think we were talking about this a few minutes ago. I've even seen cases where the parents are potentially getting the threats of getting their kids taken away That's for right. standing in the way, which That's right. to me, it, it leads us to this place where it just couldn't possibly be for true <laughs> altruistic reasons. It just right. wouldn't actually make any sense. Nope. So do you nope. think that, you know, and I, I realize that removing it from the DSM certainly makes this uber challenging, if not impossible. What are some, like, and I'm sure that you teach about this, what are some things that people can do that might find themselves kind of in this gap, not really sure, like, am I like Buck or am I not like Buck? Mm -hmm. What are some questions that they could ask themselves to maybe remove some of the indoctrination and to really kind of get clear on who they are or who they were? What are some questions that they could ask themselves to start to get really clear and piece out maybe some of the priming or indoctrination to make a more informed right. decision? Well, first off, I think get that word trans out of your head. Okay, just get mm -hmm. it out of your head. Transgender, trans, get it out of your head because that's mm -hmm. not real. That's just a, a, a piece of the puzzle. It's sort of like the Lego that fits here, if that makes sense. Number one. Number two, do, how do you feel that makes you think that you need to transition to live as a male or female. That's what transgender and transsexual is. It is a disorder that makes you want, are you actually dealing with a disorder or are you actually seeing something that you think you might want? It's why I'm gonna go back again to mental health care. And mm -hmm. so, and, and time, and because maybe you're just a bunch of And maybe puberty too, right? The actual oh, chemical God. experience of puberty. I mean, that's why I'm anti, anti, kids you can't block puberty i don't care i don't care what you're telling me you will not save a child's life by blocking puberty you'll give them so many health problems you are also doing things that are so gross and where everybody needs puberty that they first off this is what i say all the time it makes me so mad these kids are not having any physical problems none they're actually having healthy normal physical things they're going through physical normal 
puberty. It's not not normal puberty. So that there's that. They keep saying they're going through wrong puberty. No, they're not. They're going through right puberty. It's the reason that they can actually transition later. So to block puberty, which is the whole basis of you humans <laughs> going from a child to an adult and you want to block it, that's an experiment. That's an actual experiment that they did in in Sweden and Finland for 30 plus years and shut it down and said it doesn't work. And then America got it and picked it up and went running with the ball. It's so bizarre. It's bizarre. And in most cases, and I know that obviously trans activists always get, you know, mysteriously equipped with studies that make all their points seem totally legitimate, <laughs> even though I think we all know how data can get corrupted. And That's right. Today very sinister sources. It, I feel like there's likely, I would imagine, also data that proves that in many cases going through puberty actually makes the person feel right in themselves, correct? And no longer seeking some sort of external that's change. Right. Is this true? That's exactly right. Because your brain is growing or every a part of your body's that's why you got to go through puberty. You might grow out of this feeling that you're trans, right? What 10-year-old knows they're trans? Give me a break. They might feel like they're a boy or a girl, but when you hear the word trans come out of a 10-year-old's mouth, done. They've been indoctrinated. Because no, I, they shouldn't yeah, even know absolutely. what that is. They don't know. Do you think I said that when I was a kid? I'm trans, mom. I said, I feel like a boy. I want to be a boy, which is totally normal. <laughs> it doesn't, my, both of my sisters are the same way and they're, they're my sisters. They never transitioned. Why did I? Right? So, I mean, I could go on and on about that situation. That's why I always go back to gender nonconforming. These kids are gender nonconforming. They might grow up to be just regular straight women or they might grow up to be gay women. They might grow up to be trans. But you've got to give them the opportunity to figure to grow. that out. That's right. I think one of the things that's come up for me a lot as this has exploded is, you know, if I if I put myself as a teenager now versus when I was a teenager, yeah, I was yeah. absolutely such a tomboy. <laughs> I would never, ever, ever dress and act in a way that was overly feminine. Right on. I still remember to this day trying my hardest to have my friend Larissa teach me how to do my makeup when I was like 20 years old and the whole time just be like, this is ridiculous. I look ridiculous. Um, I it me and to me like there was never that I was never questioning that I just was like I I'm, I really identified as a tomboy all my friends yeah. were boys I was a competitive athlete yeah. if I look at myself and I also had really bad anxiety I would have been a prime candidate honestly gotcha. to have people get in there and try gotcha. to take an already unstable mental health situation and be like you know what would make you feel better maybe gotcha. you're just a boy and gotcha. You know, I, I think about that often and how many kids are potentially in that same spot where right. they just really might like not like dresses. You know, like I I just really didn't want to wear dresses and now I That's love right. dressing feminine, but it I had to go through my own mental health struggles to come out on the other side and feel comfortable right. being a woman, which kind of leads me to yeah. Do you think that there is even for people that truly have gender dysphoria and like I have my own um, studies that I've been doing on this with clients that I have, but I'm curious to know your perspective. Do you think even in true gender dysphoria, there are elements of childhood nurture that potentially set this ball in motion? Or do yeah. you think that it's just 100% nature? Oh, no, I, I think that there's some other things involved 100%. I mean, I could use my own example for that. But, but but most definitely, I do think that there's some psychological stuff going on. But I also think that nurture versus nature. Also, I believe that the nurturing part and, and the nature part totally co co coexist with work together. 100%. You know, and I can tell you that because 
you know, for sure, I, I think from the get-go, my parents always say, you always were like a little boy. Constant, since we can remember, you were just a little boy, and you always wanted, you always gravitated towards the more masculine stuff. But as I grew and started getting older, my dad was ex- hyper-masculine, like, ex, you know, he's a football player, like, you know, all of this stuff, just think of it, the most hyper-masculine dude out <laughs> there. That's my dad. So I really admired and wanted to be that man. I wanted to mm-hmm. be kind of like this very masculine. That's the part that's not natural, I think. That's the part yeah, that Yeah, it's I like the of, aspirational, it, like a model. Right. You're like, okay, that's what that's masculinity right. is. That's what so masculinity like it is. it takes a seed that's there and just kind of waters it and makes it grow in a certain that's direction. Right. That's exactly right. Because I think right. this is something that I don't, really see talked about very often Mm -hmm. and it's something that I really enjoy working with in my clients is you know this isn't to invalidate your experience or or say like if this hadn't happened you wouldn't have had to go right like that's not the whole point but the point is you know if we're really exploring how mental health issues present it behooves us to figure out what inputs actually started the ball rolling because arguably to properly rewire and heal we have to know all of the different inputs that influenced how we have become a a human being and i think that all of these things mixed with kind of this slippery slope we're walking on right now it's like we're we're capitalizing on their mental health crisis we're not helping them we're affirming them which just makes it harder for them to really understand reality it makes everybody seem like the predator to their victimhood Mm -hmm. um that's right where like if we keep letting this go unchecked i know that you look back and you're like i didn't see how bad this was gonna get like (laughs) i know now now that you see how bad it got if you were to give me like a, this is what buck thinks the world is going to be like in 10 years where uh-huh. are we going if left unchecked oh god if left unchecked do you see me i'm yeah. scared i'm actually I'm scared. scared i'm scared not only for young people i'm scared for human for us i i, I think we're going to be headed in a disastrous you know remember we talked about ai and all of that don't discount any of that stuff do not because they are mm-hmm. infiltrating you know there's a thing called transhumanism what like these creepy perfect, billionaire... perfect segue creepy <laughs> so there you go that's what i think if it's unchecked and on my watch while i'm still alive i am not gonna let this go i don't care if the whole world hates me i don't care if every trans person in the community hates me i don't care i i know and i see things that not very many people can see because of my own life experience and no way does a child know they're trans there might be one out of 500 whatever right there's always an exception to the rule we have to admit Mm -hmm. that and that kid might you know but that being said, if we, me and you together, who come from complete different spaces, but we see something, if me and you don't align on that, we are screwed. That's why it's so important that me and you have these conversations. It's so mm-hmm. important that we speak outside of our communities and we bring each other into our communities so that we see, wait a minute, you're not transphobic for saying children shouldn't transition. You care. And you, and then here's Buck Angel who's saying the same thing. And here's Blair White and here's Marcus and here's all these other people saying the same thing that you don't get to hear because the media doesn't give me a voice. They only give the voice to the sort of what the popular, I guess what the popular opinion is on some level. Yeah, I think the the very propagandized opinion. That's right. As long as, long as it right. fits what they're trying to make people That's believe right. is the only truth, right? I mean, Blair, I love Blair White. And yeah, she's awesome. Unbelievably censored that one. 
Oh, I've yeah, been following totally. Blair for a while too. And yeah, again, this great. is why I think it's funny that some people would be like, you hate trans people. I'm like, I definitively no, you don't. don't. <laughs> I'm literally don't. sitting here. <laughs> I'm sitting here with I, you. You're, I, you're I, delightful. Before, <laughs> before this happened, I genuinely <laughs> followed some trans, because I genuinely enjoy their opinions. Like, sure. To me, I, and that I've always believed this. Like, I I genuinely appreciate individuality. Always Me have, too. always will. Always try to see the best in people. That's right. I genuinely believe that part of the reason we're in this trap mm -hmm. is that people's good hearts and desire to be humanitarian have been inverted mm -hmm. and they've been captured into the system that they have no, they're afraid to ask questions yes. because they don't want to be seen as not having this big heart. Your big right. heart has made you appear in some ways naive and you've been captured because you stopped asking questions. I think it's important for people to realize you can have a big heart for people. I, I have a heart for people of all walks of life. Mm -hmm. I have trouble not over giving because I just like if I could do anything to help everybody, I would. That is not going to leave me open feeding ground for government or agenda to use my heart to be like a puppet master of my, my limbs and my voice. That doesn't make me a bad person or make me not heart-centered. So right. I think I, that's what I've always appreciated about you is it's like, you know, we have to actually dig in and realize who we fundamentally are and that you can be a good, caring, warm-hearted person that also is saying, hey, even if this makes certain things more challenging for you, I'm sorry about that. Yep. We also have to care about the collective. Like, I feel like right. it's so weird because it's like, it clearly we're going into this like weird sort of transhumanist communist thing. And they have everyone believing that you're supporting the collective when actually you're doing the exact wrong thing That's for the right. collective. Like that Excellent. is inversion. That's right. You, you, I mean, my guy, everything you just said was very f straight on. And, you know, you don't have to be trans to know that or to see that. And it doesn't make you transphobic to sort of look. But why is this centered around trans? It's bigger than trans. You know that. It is. Yeah. What do you yeah. what do you think it's actually moving us toward or what do you, why? Why is this? the target mm. of language or agenda right. right now. They're testing the waters right now by using trans. And I believe what they're doing is they're testing how to control us, right? Speech, let's just use speech. How dare you tell me I can't say something? Don't you dare tell me I have to tell you your pronouns. That's upsetting to me. I worked very hard to look like a man. And I, I actually am insulted if you ask me my pronouns, right? Or I get hurt because it's like the whole right? point You're was- Right, you're like, isn't it obvious? <laughs> isn't it I obvious? thought the beard really pushed over that. So, so, so that's a control of language, and now everyone's putting she/her because they're all scared to like not have their pronouns. And then when people ask me, I'm like, I'm not telling you my pronouns. And people get bent out. They're like, what? They're like going to some kind of weird. I'm like, what? That so right there, what I see as a as a trajectory is is a control, a control space. Mm -hmm. Number one, stop questioning, right? Because now you can't even ask. What do you mean? What do you mean? What is a woman? Are you insane that we're even asking that? How come we're not asking what is a man? How come we're not asking what is a man? Do you know? I have some ideas. I got some theories. Why That's aren't right. we asking? That's right. Because it's a misogynist movement. I told you that. Number one. Number two. Men are at the forefront of all of this insanity. Right. And, and men. Men that have transitioned to women that are these billionaires. I know. I'm That's right. 
I'm with you. I'm following, which is why I keep feeling like this is ultimately moving to an erasure of women. But Carrie, it is. It is. And it's why I will not let it happen on my watch. Ain't happening. No way can you tell J.K. Rowling she can't say something. And all of a sudden she's trying. And everyone jumped on board. I'm like, oh, my. It's bigger than that, people. When you shut down one woman's voice, okay, who came from poverty, who literally made herself into the most famous author of the world and changed children's lives. You're going after a woman like that? Go after some crazy nutcase politician. But to go after a woman who has a big heart, who's sensitive, who gives to the women's... I mean, I can go on and on about her. She's an incredible human being. To go after that says something to me. It says Mm -hmm. that they are trying to control us. Because when I'm pro-JK, I'm... I'm friends with her on some level, right? She acknowledges me. She says things to me. And, and, and I'm like, wow, how is she transphobic if she's having a conversation? Well, you're a turf, So of course she is. But I'm, but I'm trans. <laughs> you see? So anyway, my point being, going back to that, you're right. They're going to try to control us. It's just a test. They're literally dipping their toe in to see, okay, we're going to use the trannies. And we're going to see if the trannies are stupid enough to let us use them. And we are. <laughs> so they're, we're a test. We're, we are a test to see what the next socialism, Marxism, all the kind of crazy stuff that we are against. That just brought out country. my inner New York Jew. I almost just said, away vey out loud. But oy, no, I'm, I'm actually, my, my partner's Jewish, and I'm actually converting right now to Judaism. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah I was right definitely on. raised Jewish in New York. <laughs> right on. So, okay, I mean, obviously I know I want to be conscious of your time. I know we only have a little bit Thank left. You, I appreciate but it. I want to yeah. make sure to drop, like, the biggest bomb of questions at the end. And surely <laughs> I'm, you won't be able to answer in the depth that you will want to, but maybe that's just my way of getting you on for a second episode. <laughs> So here's where I'm at. And I I love, I actually had no idea about any of your other background. I went and accidentally Googled you. And what's funny is I was like, Whoops. oh, like I just, no idea. Um, you know, I like awesome. saw this whole other side of you and I was like, wow, I didn't see that coming at all. Awesome. Um, which to me, I like, I love that people are multifaceted and I love when I'm unexpected where I'm like, wow, that was like completely Excellent. came out of left field. So Excellent. for me, I have like I said, these kind of interesting experiences in my practice where I work with many teens who I feel have gotten swept up in the agenda and are not actually truly gender dysphoric. I also have clients that are older that do have more specific, like very clear gender dysphoria presentation who some of them are post-op, some of them are pre-op. It does seem to me that on both sides, there's an element of, in some ways, either... There's some sort of sexual, not necessarily undertone, but there's like a sexual wound of some in some way that somehow whatever this is fits into it and often becomes part of the presentation or or experience moving forward. Has this been your experience and what element does the sexuality piece or even kind of like sexual expression play into it? Because it never seems that it's just one without any pieces of the other. Right. It seems that it's both. Right. No, it is. I, I believe it is. And, you know, I, I'll just spill the beans. I, I actually created my career started in the pornography business, right? Many, many years, 20 two years ago. And um, so, so that being said, I was always, I've always been attached to sex in this weird way, even prior to my transition. You know, I really, I like sex and I really felt like it was this great 
part of being a human on some level, but I was so uncomfortable in my body. It was hard for me to have sex as a female. And I was, you know, I, I, I sort of identified as a, as a gay woman, though I felt male. Anyway, fast forward, as I transitioned, <clears throat> I got so comfortable in my body. And, and if, for people who don't know, I don't have a penis. I still, you know, kept my vagina, which was also challenging for me as a person who wanted to have intimacy and all of those things. And, and so I really had to really fight through sort of on some level, maybe some trauma that I had as a young person, which I do know I had, but also to not let it sort of control me and mm -hmm. to say, well, I need to do this for myself and to realize that maybe I don't need to have a penis and maybe I can. So moving forward in that, it changed my life. It actually changed so much of how I walk the world, how my confidence it really does also come from being sexually okay with myself and my body. Mm -hmm. So as I move forward and I started to sort of put this in the world, more and more trans men started coming to me that they can't have sex. They feel very disconnected by their vagina. How did you do it? And I thought to myself, wow, this is so fascinating because they're mimicking exactly me. And it's not, mm -hmm. wasn't one trans man. It wasn't two, it was hundreds, mm -hmm. hundreds. And I started to interview these men and I did a series of interviews and I made movies with trans men talking about the introduction of testosterone into our bodies and how that made us feel as men and also sexual beings. Do you wanna know one of the most fascinating parts about that was that they all on some level started to be attracted to the opposite sex, meaning most of all of these people identified as gay women. As they transitioned, they became men, but now all of a sudden, many of these people, including myself, started having this uh, sort of space to look at men sexually. So I'm not sure if I'm answering your question properly. No, but... I, I think you're absolutely answering it. Yeah. I guess one, maybe sharing a, a couple brief things maybe will help it go in, in a direction where I think I'm looking for your answer. So yeah. in some and again, I'm looking at kind of like these, the teen new generation, yeah. which I believe are massively hypersexualized True. and have been True. seeking out sexual contact as a way to yes. feel safe because their That's parents right. have been ignoring them. So That's it's right. like on, on this group side, I feel mm. that the, the way that they're approaching this desire to transition or be trans is actually in many ways hypersexualized. Like how, yes. and even you'll see it on TikTok, right? Like I could steal your man now. Everything's like very hypersexualized. I don't know I if know. you saw this one, but there was one that was so cringy about this person saying like, I have a bougie vagina because it was made by a doctor. I was like, I okay. know. I saw it. Uh, I wish misogyny. I could unsee it. I have a misogyny. very, I have a very strong sense of visualization. <laughs> if I could go back to a moment where I didn't watch it, I would. But, <laughs> You're but like alas, <laughs> yeah, I just please let me go backwards. <laughs> but alas, there's this extreme hypersexualization that seems tied to either their transition yeah. or this idea of being trans. I agree. Now, by contrast, I have seen that clients that I've worked with that have true gender dysphoria they actually have kind of hypersexualization and almost like a very chaotic sex life up mm. until transitioning. And then That's once right. they make that full transition, all of a sudden it's like, oh, I feel whole in myself and now I actually like want a committed yep. relationship. I have one particular client that as they were going through this, I was like, they had a very uh, like scary kinky where I had to be like, boop, baby ears. I, like, yes, I'm hearing you, but I go like, and I was like, don't be surprised if as you start to move toward this, you might actually find yourself genuinely wanting to settle down. Like that's part of, if this is real for you, once you make that transition, 
transition some of these other pieces, don't be surprised if they fit yep. in. Like, perhaps yep. you end up slightly less kinky because you're not yeah. actually trying to act out a, a, so a, a disordered presentation. Do you know what I mean? Do you, 100%. You, do you, you that was for me. Down? No, I was hardcore into the BDSM world prior to my transition, right? Hardcore, like doing all kinds of crazy. And as I transitioned, I told you, all of a sudden I became more comfortable with myself and I want, I didn't really want that so much anymore. I wanted, you know, and I wanted to be more calm. But though my sex drive, and I'm, I'm not sure if the sex drive has to do with the testosterone or just comfort in myself, but that being said, I do see the sexualization of younger generation. And I also am a little bit scared around that because I think they're using it as a means I think they're doing way. it on purpose, right? That's right. That's right. Which That's is the right. cliffhanger that I wanted to leave our episode yes. on so perfectly okay. teed up, which is I would love to pick up where we left off whenever you have time yep. on now kind of keeping the trans piece off to the side. Okay. As somebody that is a proponent of sexual wellness, yes. what the actual F are we doing to kids in the name of sex education? I feel like that's Not the cool. cliffhanger. Not cool, we're man. Gonna get, it's not oh, cool. Oh, we're going to get into that because as somebody who does, you know, create products and is very sex positive, it's an adult space. And, um, yep, I think that that's a very great thing to leave on and that it's something we should most definitely discuss. So will you come back on the show for us to go into that topic of, you know, because I think sometimes people, it's like it not wanting to hypersexualize kids means that somehow you're puritanical and I feel like you're the perfect no, it person to be, Of course it doesn't. <laughs> um, but I feel like you're the perfect person to be a voice of reason for that too. Thank so you. if you're open to doing a part two, that's the next place I'd like to leave off. Let's so, do it. I'm totally into it. Buck, it was an absolute pleasure. You're my favorite oh, guest I've ever you. had on the show. I oh, wow. very <laughs> much enjoy I very much enjoy talking to you. You're so articulate and Thank I just you. have to say that, you know, your personality in this space is as it was exuded through your social media posts so it's always a pleasure yeah. to see that somebody actually is the way they come across so, <laughs> I, I really um, am that crazy tranny <laughs> you really are that trampa and if there's ever anything that i can do to support you and oh. absolutely anything that you're doing i'm all in it was an absolute thank pleasure you. and we would thank love to have friend. you back on thank you friend i appreciate it and thank you so much for giving me this platform to speak to people who might not understand what's going on so i'll see you on the next one thank you yeah see you on the next one Thanks for checking out this week's episode of The Modern Good. To find out more about Break Method, head to breakmethod.com and to check out my workshops and public speaking schedule, busygold.com. I'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.